Oh yeah, I like the sound of that, and I know that you're gonna like the sound of it too. This is The Manny Wolf Show, where I pull no punches, I don't hold back in my conversations with some of the most interesting minds on the planet. So, put us in your ear, turn the volume up, and hang on for another episode. Looks like we're live again. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Manny Wolf Show. Today's guest is Doug Crow, who has at least one superpower that I know of. I'm going to let him explain it a little more. But um, if I understand this correctly, you've got a way to help people have a bestseller before the book is written. Do I have the do I have a beat on that? Am I understanding that correctly? That's the way it really works in the real world, not in the entrepreneurial world, but in the real world. They know oh, how no. to. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. So uh, we're going to jump in with that then. Yeah. Okay. But Doug, give me just one second. I've got to sort of do the sharing out and all that. Yeah, please go um, ahead. Share away. Yeah. Should I make a goofy face or anything or just Absolutely, here? man. <laughs> Where's the thumbnail? Uh, yeah, right. Well, it's going to be right there. It's going to be this one. That's right. Picking my nose. That's, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't even pick my nose in that interview. How did it get that thumbnail? Somebody sent me something on Instagram today. We're doing that the uh, you know, the lady standing there, and the guy put his hands behind her and started you know, mm-hmm. her face, putting her makeup on, and yeah, pick her nose. <laughs> kind of good. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Let's start the old watch party. Well, no, we don't want right. that. Okay. All right. Good. One more last thing. Uh, watch party is started. We're good to go, man. All right. Doug Crow, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. All right, man. Well, it's good to have you here. I've been looking forward to this and curious. Yeah. Uh, so you say that in the real world, <laughs> they they set the the they set the book up before they write it. Uh, they not just the book up. They know they know pretty much what's going to happen because um, traditional publishers are mm-hmm. dying breed number one. They're um, yes, absolutely. You know, they don't do anything. They don't market. They don't even have their own printing presses. They just like. They just put you in a bookstore and, and who's going to bookstores, right? Right. But, um, people still respect the New York Times bestseller and all, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But that business is so uh, so tough to break into for a good reason is that they make money. Mm-hmm. Um, they only make money with you know phenomenal, successful books. So they have to know ahead of time it's going to work. That's why they reject so many manuscripts. Anybody who's uh, marginal is not going to get in that crowd. So that's why I'm big on self-publishing for that reason. Awesome. So – the question I have as somebody who who at one point wrote his own book and yeah. uh, was faced with the stark reality of I don't have a first idea what to do with this thing now that it's written. Right. And, yeah. and and I didn't even know at that point. This is how green I was. Right. I didn't even know anything about building an audience or anything. Right. I thought it was like the movies like the rom-coms from the 80s and 90s where the guy yeah. writes the book and yes. submits it to 150 publishers and right. finally after his spirit's been broken one of them accepts and that's what i thought it was like right so we, we love those movies yeah we love those movies man. yeah rudy <laughs> and uh you know the pursuit of happiness they're, they're great stories yeah right right so um if you if you first of all you sort of i i felt like you sort of uh you made a little dig at New York Times bestsellers there. Just a uh, little. I can dig in anybody you like. I mean, <laughs> I, I got my opinions on stuff, and yeah. So Not, are you? I'm, I'm, I will dig on traditional publishers and the public's perception that some kind of yeah. a higher value product. Yeah, that's what I want to really learn about because yeah. I know a couple of people who can guarantee you an NY 
T bestseller and it's a quarter million dollars. Yeah. 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 We're, we're good friends with the same people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um who is that even a good fit for then? Who who does that um, even make sense? Well, that's for? a great fit for a person whose ego is uh, as big <laughs> as their wallet. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if you've got a huge ego but a small wallet, maybe yeah, not the yeah, NYC. Now you come to me where I can make you an Amazon bestseller for a week. Right. Yeah. It's, so it's, um, what's the point of writing a nonfiction book then? Great question. The point is not to try to make money um, from the book, right. but make a brand and make money because of the book. Uh -huh. And that's the biggest distinction I make with my clients is like, you know, it's possible. I've had some clients that sell thousands, tens of thousands of books, but that's a fluke. And they've got yeah. a huge audience pre-built yeah. in order to do that. Yeah. For a brand new author with a limited audience, um, you can definitely make a lot of money from your book right. um, or actually because of it, but not directly from it. Right. And so a nonfiction book is a great platform. Some people call it, the, you know, a business card. I really think it's much more than that. But it's a great start to give yourself a foundation that you're not just another person with a product or a service to offer. You've actually had some intelligent thoughts in your brain, yeah. able to articulate it in printed format and have somebody look at it and invest the time to read it or buy it, read it and digest it and give you feedback, which is yeah. a key point. Because a lot of people say, oh, I want to I want to inspire the world. I'm like, yeah, right. how do you know if they do or not? Amazon's right. not giving yeah. you customer data. Right. You better have something in the back end to you know follow up with people. So I like, uh, there's a couple of things you said there. The one I'm the most curious about is um, this, this group of us that wants to inspire the world. Right. I, I sort of more and more, the more I'm in this space, the more I have like, um, like I don't want to ever give up the dream on that. Do you know what I mean? But at the same yeah. time, I feel like we all sort of sound like the plucky kid with Down syndrome. Hello. Right? Am I, I mean, am I tracking this, this, this sort of reality and this and this mythos the right way? I've been doing this for about 11 years. Okay. Uh, there's not a single story I haven't heard. Mm -hmm. Everybody thinks their story is special, unique, could be a movie. Right. Um, right. all these wonderful flowery things. And I never I never dismiss them outright because no, of course somebody's gotta be the next. Tuesdays with Maury, you know, there's things right. out there that do yeah. inspire people and make a dent in the universe, right? That's our, our yeah. main thing. Yeah. And I don't deal with people. I mean, I've, I've had some clients that have, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a financial analyst and I want to do, a, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't help you. You know, I need somebody who's going to do something that's going to actually <laughs> right. be inspiring, but it can't be just inspiring. They have to have a business model behind it. And that's the, that's the formula you need because just to inspire somebody, I'm sorry. There's to be really blunt. We need there it. inspiration. There are better people to inspire your audience than you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, if I need self-help uh, on an issue, why would I go to some, you know, some life coach when I yeah. could go and go to my doctor, Tony Robbins. I mean, somebody who's mm -hmm. got some credibility with experience. Right. Right. So the answer I get to my people, or the question I pose to them first is mm -hmm. why would anybody want to read your book? Right. Who are they? And what can you say? that nobody else is saying. So and if you I, can't answer those questions, clearly I can help you answer those questions. Yeah. And there's usually an answer for all three, but they get stuck. They go, Oh, you're right. You know, did they get stuck the most at the third question? Yeah. 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 Because I mean, let's face it. 
you the the reality is you probably didn't come into the space with more than sort of like like you know a fresh face and some dreams right like like i think of like buses coming into la full of you know aspiring actors and actresses yeah right? good example yeah. yeah yeah and and everybody feels like just you know just they just identify just deep down inside that somehow they're the one yeah right we have this heuristic we have this cognitive bias yes um and it's yeah. it's got it serves us well in terms of hope and aspiration and stick to itness yeah. perseverance yeah. these are all good qualities yeah. But at the same time, I've got this article coming out. I'm really nervous to release it. All right. But I can tell you what the title is. Okay. It's, um, it's Seven Lies Entrepreneurs Tell Themselves um, and Other Mental Masturbation Techniques. It's a great, that's a great title. <laughs> because people are in trying to be this, they're trying to be, the, I want to be the next Tony Robbins or something. I'm like, yeah. why don't I go yeah. to him? Yeah. What, what, what can you provide that he's not? And right. there's answers for this, right? There are good answers. Number one. Um, nobody has your exact story, right? So I might not relate to Tony, but I might relate to you. Mm -hmm. Um, there may be, I, and the more you niche down, obviously it's better. Yeah. Um, most entrepreneurs know this now, but they still say their book is, I had one appointment later today and who's your book for anyone that can read, you know, I'm like, well, yeah, my dictionary then. Sorry, pal. You yeah. know, <laughs> not going to help you. That's so a tough niche one. Your audience have a, have a significant story and only target your story to people that will relate to that story. Right. He's got to have the, that relatability. We want to talk and learn from people that are like us. So better than saying, I want to be the next Tony Robbins. Yeah. Maybe it's, I want to be the next Tony Robbins for plumbers who want to run a one to $3 million shop and are starting to feel arthritic in their hands. Cha-ching. Right. Cha That's what we're talking about. That's yeah. the difference. Right. Yeah. And, and people aren't the, so, oh, that, but they want, they think I want to go out. I'm like, no, do not. You want to start with the niche. You want to start with very, very narrow. Yeah. And then, I mean, Brendan Burchard talked about adding silos. You can start here and then add this and add this. And you can go, yeah. you can go broader later. But yeah. to start off, no one's going to listen to you. Yeah, that's my, my the, good friend David Fry wrote wrote a book on um, marketing years ago, uh -huh. and I have, his, I have his cassette tapes. That's how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> and he talked about marketing, and he's a brilliant marketer. And he had this neighbor who was a uh, pool spa distributor. And he was chatting across the fence, and he, uh, the guy's like, wow, that's a really good idea about marketing my pool and spa business. And David said, yeah, yeah. He says, you should uh, help out more of my people in my industry. David's like, all right. He took his entire course. And David, forgive me if I'm quoting you wrong, but and added the word pool and spa manufacturer right. to his stuff, right? Right. Within a year, one year, he's the keynote speaker at the pool and spa convention. Right. So, And that's that's – that's the whole concept behind niching. Yeah. Riches and niches, yeah. Riches and niches, yeah. bitches. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So um this is this it's really good to deconstruct this because yeah. it's it's this huge like if I think of um if I think of the the online space and all the the entrepreneurs and the yeah. entrepreneurs and all the people who are very well meaning, but mm -hmm. you know we're just sort of in there and we're like it's like we're wandering through the midway, right? Yeah. And this idea of the book is one of the loudest carnival barkers. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the loudest yeah. guy at the ring toss. You know, step right up, step right up, and win a prize for the little lady. And um, 
there's so little sort of uh, uh, deeper clarity and understanding to it. So, so how then do we take this book that's never going to sell more than a few thousand copies realistically? If that, yeah. If that, yeah. My my own book, international bestseller, went to international bestseller in seventy two hours. Yes. Probably sold about three thousand copies. Congratulations, you're above average. Yeah, and that was well. That's been over the course of five years. You know, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the average book sells two hundred fifty copies. That's including J.K. Rowling, you and me. Okay, so that's yeah. the average. Yes. And she's skewing it, but I know, right? We'd be like, yeah, she, copies. Um, yeah. I think I want to I want to share something with you. I think it'll help your elaborate on your question. Yep. Because you mentioned about pre-selling books, and we didn't really go deep into that. So I want to give mm -hmm. the audience some really good nuggets on how to guarantee your book success. Yeah. Before it's written. Is that okay? This is where, yeah, it's where I wanted to go. Yeah. All right. So let's hit it. So <clears throat> most people have this idea and not all, but some have an idea of what they want to communicate. I've got this story or this idea. Yeah. And I nod my head and go, huh? Okay. Yeah. I said, how do you know? Well, I've just, you know, I talked to my neighbor and my mom likes it. You know, it's a really good idea. I'm like, all right. Um, well, in our process, what we do with our authors is I take them through, you know, corporate one-on-one -on -one focus group stuff. We'll say, okay, yeah. let's do two things. Number one, give me your book's idea, concept, what category it might fall into. Let me get my research team to go to Amazon mm -hmm. and spend a week analyzing every single three-star review in your category. Now, yeah. we don't look at five-star reviews. That's somebody's mom. We don't look at one-star reviews. That's somebody's angry. Yeah. But a three-star review is generally somebody who's got constructive criticism and probably has read the book. And we'll take a look okay. at over 100 titles in that category yeah. and collate them and organize them and take a look at those three-star reviews. When we find a common thread of a question that's not being answered or a style that's not being receptive, you know, being, being well-received, yeah. we'll say, wow, we've got something here that the audience is hungry for and not right. being left in the area. Right. So yeah. it's, it's deep research that not a single author I've ever spoken to except one the one who gave me this idea <laughs> has never done. Okay. Thank you, Robert yeah. Corey. Um, yeah, credit, credit is due. So we do that for about a week. The second thing we do, and this takes a little bit longer depending on your audience, but we set up a, a group, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, private, whatever it is. Uh -huh. And we'll say, listen, here's my idea for a book. What do you think? We yeah. put questions. We, we float chapter titles. We put book covers out there. Mm -hmm. We'll get, audience engagement on an ongoing basis will add people to that group who the author and I do not know. No friend. I mean, some friends can join. Sure. But, but it's want, gotta be mostly yeah, sort of fresh off the, and, you know, yeah. people that are interested in this topic. Yeah. And we'll vet the idea. I did a book. Oh gosh. Six years ago. It was about international dating. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not ashamed to admit that we set up some profiles that were, mm, Market driven, all right. <laughs> we'll say market driven. Market yeah. driven. Um, I never lied to the people respond to the messages, but we right. had over seven thousand data points from people responding looking yeah. for certain things in the international dating market. Yeah. After seven thousand conversations, do you think we had a good idea of what wasn't being addressed in that marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we spent several months on this. So when the book came out, boom. And by the way, those seven thousand people, I think. Uh, not close, not less than ten percent. Probably about six hundred or so went ahead and bought the book because the the persona on that dating site didn't try to have a date, but they said, "Listen, I'm working on a book." Mm -hmm. You know, face. 
Um, what yeah. do you think about this topic? So we did interviews right away on a chat on this topic. Mm -hmm. So doing a focus group, either in a group format on Facebook, individually, there's many ways to do it. Yeah. Um, Survey Monkey, all that stuff to find out if your idea is any good. Because what if it's not? You just saved yourself a bunch of time and money. Right. If it yeah. is good, great. You can go with it. But something else happens, which is pretty magical. If you get a group going and people start giving you ideas and true engagement and like, you know, they're responding and, and asking questions and answering things. Yeah. You'll pick up some of the content. Your little myopic life now is expanded by 50, 100 people. Right. And other stories in your topic can be peppered in your book. So Interesting. it reads much better or read more like Malcolm Gladwell versus your diary. Right. And the second <laughs> thing that'll happen is you'll probably get some people who want to launch that book with you. Can you imagine having 20 new stories in your book and the week before launch, you say, Hey, Bob, um, I love your story. You posted on Facebook. We put it in the book. Um, do you want to help with launch it out? You're on page 47. I am. Yeah. Bob's got 5,000 more people than you. Right. Boom. Your launch team just expanded by tenfold. Yeah. So validates content. Um, get you a better, richer book experience and yeah. build your launch team. It, right. It's a triple win. It really helps a lot. That's fantastic. I um, I like, man, more and more for somebody who sucks at research, I am just learning to appreciate the power of research. We, we have people for that. I don't do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. um, it's clearly when you see people hanging their shingle, in, in whatever format they do it, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you write a book for it, a podcast for it, whatever, it, it's yeah. clearly the missing element. Yeah, it is. You know, most of the time. I so mean, um, big companies, when they create a product, they got to spend a half a million, million dollars on a tool to build something. Right. So when they do the prototypes, they do, they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a focus group. Mm -hmm. So if you have to invest two months and a few hundred bucks right. on, on vetting and validating your idea, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful ROI. I mean, it's, it's silly not to do it, but most authors, mm -hmm. again, they're, whether it's ego or fear or pride, whatever it is, they don't think about what if my idea is no good. I think it's just that, that sort of, I think it's part cognitive bias. Yeah. And I think it's part just that sort of urgency to create and to express. Do you know, you know what I mean? Of course, oh, because yeah. you deal with authors every day. I can ego, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it, it so it's not ego, maybe in the sense of I'm so cool, or maybe this oh, is going to change the world. I'm not, I'm not putting judgment on the word ego. Take right, it. right, right, right. Yeah. But I know that like um, I can draw from my own experience, not so much with the book, but with with uh, new ideas that I've had that I wanted to create a program or a service yeah. around, right? Yeah. And I just was like, I just got to build this thing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I, I think that for a lot of the people I talk to that are at the in entry level to me a little bit above entry level, I'm like, I got to write a book. Yeah. It feels almost like this childlike thing, you know, where where that where your ten year old goes, I got to go outside and play. I got to go climb that hill. You know, I don't, don't talk to me about this other stuff. Yeah. I got to get right. to the top of that hill, Dad. Yeah. So um, now you're talking about giving them a, a, a realistic kind of a, hey, whoa, 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 take a breath. Mm -hmm. Let's do it this way so that we can really sort of stack the deck in our favor. Mm -hmm. What kind of results can we then create now? Because you've asked us to get out of childlike excitement and now we got to get into research. Mode. Yeah, boring. yeah. Left, left brain stuff. That's why I don't yeah. do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but what are, um, so the average book probably makes a couple hundred bucks. Right. 
Yeah. Average sells 250 copies. It's a yeah. literal, you are a literal drop in the ocean. Yeah. There are several yeah. million books. There's like, I think I, the numbers are, are wacky, but like between 600,000 new titles to a million new titles a year, right. every year on top. Every year. It, yeah. You're not going to get noticed on Amazon unless you do something with your positioning, yeah. marketing, and a little bit of branding, but mainly positioning and marketing of that mm -hmm. message, yeah. not just the book. Yeah. So then what are the results you can create that make it worth this extra scrutiny, this extra sort of left brain focus, this extra amount of work? I am. Um, I'm working on, you know, I've, I'm an agency, right? We do done hundred percent done for you for CEOs. It's yeah. <clears throat> a pretty, pretty high ticket thing, but I've been encouraged to do the um, done with you course program. So I, I went ahead and interviewed a few of my clients um, this past week. Um, uh, I'll give you a couple of quick stories. Sarah Macon is a, um, uh, a therapist in um, the Northeast. She started out as a, at a clinic and wanted to open her own clinic up. and was timid as a church mouse. Um, we did her first mm -hmm. book, did well with that. Second book, she, her confidence went up. She opened up. She's opened up two offices. She's been on TV 20 times on the cover of a magazine. She's yeah. like killing it in the PR world yeah. and not keep up. She's got a staff of like a dozen people or so. She's doing very, mm -hmm. very well because she started with not just the book, but what the book would do for her. Right. Uh, Kalani Valle, well, a client of mine had a second book. His first book um, is back here somewhere on my shelf. He um, told me he did an increase about a hundred to $200,000 a year of increased income. Uh -huh. um, my other client, Donald Burns, um, a restaurant coach, which I interviewed him just recently because I was worried about the restaurant industry and this uh, pandemic thing. He's busy. He's, he's, I got on like 40 stages last year. His business increased like 60 to 70%. Yeah. So these are people who didn't just sit on their laurels of being the best seller, right? Because that's sure. yeah. we do that part. That's kind of easy. What's super important is after you're a bestseller, what do you do with it? Got How it. do you leverage it, position it, and keeping keeping it in the hearts and minds of your audience without you mm -hmm. promoting yourself so much? Because if you talk about yourself so much, who what are you? You sound like the president. I don't want to talk about yourself. You know, you yeah. want to have other people <laughs> talk about you. Yeah. So we're big on not just social proof, but mm -hmm. PR, marketing, brandy, influencers, getting that whole well-rounded multimedia platform to communicate your message and to focus on one thing, mm -hmm. a problem you can solve. Yeah. So just keep sort of uh, aiming for the corner pocket, right? Problem you can solve. Problem you can solve. Problem yeah. you can and solve. Problem you can solve. And, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there's a there's a there's obviously a criteria here to get past the red rope. <laughs> now we gotta prove it too. Yeah, okay. well, case in point, I mean, we all started in business with no 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 customers, right? Yeah. So my very first book was done on faith with a friend of mine. Well, I'll I'll, I'll write your book, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was on faith, and that that's okay to start that way. But I didn't tell her I had done 229 number one bestsellers right. and helped a 140 person consulting company increase revenues by 20%. Right. which I can do that now, but I right. couldn't do it at the beginning. Yeah. So at the beginning, it's on faith. And once you've got some credibility and you've got people talking about you, mm -hmm. that's that's your marketing right there is that's it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like um, it might serve the, 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 the whole community, the whole space that we're in yeah. for people at, again, at the entry level. Um, and I keep bringing that up because most of the people I see that want to write books, mm -hmm. they may, they, they may bring a wealth of experience from another area of life. That's fine, yeah. Moving into the entrepreneur, 
it's not even the true meaning of the word anymore, but that's a different conversation. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But moving into the sort of uh, expert specialist entrepreneur space, right? I, I feel like we really need to understand that in a way what we're doing here is we're creating a, a, a sort of persona, not in the marketing sense, but of ourselves from nothing. Oh, yeah, we could talk about this. I want to talk. Yeah, about, I really do. I, I was on my whiteboard just uh, a week ago writing this out going, what what's going on right now? I, I saw somebody post on Facebook, Manny, this question, and I was like, threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> he said, Other than marketing, what are you cutting back on during this crisis? Oh, geez. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's that's a real strong leader right there. Right. I want to follow yeah. this. person, Right. <laughs> yeah. So what I was writing on whiteboard, and I got to put this in my own article, and maybe you can help me share it. But I want to say there's this, you take a look at the pandemic um, curve, right? There's a spike, or yep. we call it flattening the curve, right? But there's a there's a spike in people's uncertainty. I'm yep. never going to dismiss a person who has a restaurant and is closing their doors right now, or a server who doesn't have a job or is right. like, is is begging for money. That's that's it's it's really tough. Yeah. I've been broke. I know what it feels like. Yeah. So I don't dismiss that. But at the same time, if you are at any level calling yourself or positioning yourself as an expert leader, yeah. I hate the word guru, whatever you're saying yourself, you better damn well step up and help those people flatten the curve. I yeah. don't mean I don't mean medically. I mean, no, I get it. yeah, right. So yeah. if you don't step up and lead saying, here's what I'm doing, here's how I can help you right now. Yeah. Then you're not a leader. Yeah. Right. Leadership is stepping up in times of crisis and yeah. doing something. Do you know what Calvin Coolidge is famous for? What's that? Nothing. <laughs> because he was president during the Roaring Twenties. Everything was fine. Roosevelt, Depression, World yeah. War II, you know, yeah. leadership, right? Yeah. But nobody remembers uh, people who weren't, it, it weren't a leader in a time of crisis. This is an actual opportunity if you call yourself an expert consultant, coach, whatever it is. Right. But you've got to work twice as hard to help out your clientele and your customers the people who are, their curves are high. They're uncertain. Yeah. They have fear. They have um, weakness, right? Yeah. So we better step up and say, how can I help you? What's what's going on right now? Yeah. I mean, I, I've got so many ideas for people. At this one, the, the restaurant coach I talked to, I'm like, well, you know, takeout food now. Well, that's an easy one. What yeah. else? I said, what about starting your own um, behind the scenes uh, online show? And go behind the kitchen and start doing cooking classes. Give it away yeah. for free. Just engage your audience Just a, oh, so, they don't, so they remember you when the doors open again. Exactly, Doug. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is that enough of a rant? I, hey, man, you can have the soapbox as long as you want if that's what you're talking about. You know, I, Seriously. Um, it's so important to understand that. And it's so important to do that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. – um, Let's talk a little bit about Uber productivity. Yes. I, I want, I'm, I'm eager to get into your head about that as well. Um, is that too broad of a lead in or can we just no, jump in from here? It. I wish I was an expert at number one. So I, I'm, I'm a, I always call myself a perpetual student. Sure. Because I'm always learning and I'm observing myself as much as I can. I got two whiteboards, my, my Stephen Covey list with my A1, B1, all those things on the side here. Um, well, then you and me can be friends. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Manny here. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the importance of growing your own personal brand and your own audience. In this day and age, if you do business on social media or on the internet in general, 
you need to be focused on your personal brand. And your personal brand is a function of what people say, think, and feel about you behind your back. And that's where we can come in and help you tremendously. So I'd like to invite you to go over to my website, mannywolf.com, where you can either schedule a call with me or my team, or you can learn about the ways that we can help you to grow your audience powerfully and quickly. In this day and age, content is absolutely king. And if you don't have a content strategy, you can't expect big results. And what we do is we help you with powerful, powerful content strategies. In short, we can put you everywhere all the time without you doing hardly any work. Sounds kind of cool, right? If you'd like to learn more, head over to mannywolf.com and either book a call or look into one of the ways that we have already prepared to help you rapidly grow your audience, grow your trust, your authority, your personal brand, and of course, through all of those things, grow your business. All right, now back to the show. But I do know one thing that um, as an agency owner, I get people calling me and I'm working on their books before my own. I've got yeah. five in the hopper sitting in my hard drive for years. But I know being productive means being disciplined. Mm -hmm. And one thing I know talking to like my client, Donald Burns, he's like, man, I, I block out time to do everything. Yeah. I block out time for writing, for going to the toilet, for having sex with my wife, whatever it is, I'm going to make sure I block this time out. It's, it's like Sheldon Cooper. It's scheduled, man. <laughs> but because of that, um, he's disciplined and he gets a ton of stuff done. Yeah. I schedule my writing time, but occasionally when the customer calls in for something and I'm like, well, I better slide my time over. I'm last. Yeah. So that's not really uber productive, but it's, it's just, I'm a service provider. So it's what I, it's what I do. Um, but blocking, I mean, the biggest lesson I've learned recently is yeah, prioritizing my tasks, doing the big rocks first. You've heard this before. Sure. Of course. Um, so I do that pretty well. Yeah. And then budgeting time for yourself. Mm -hmm. I used to budget, you know, half an hour for, you know, health and fitness. Now it's two hours Yeah, because I need that energy and that meditation time, which I also suck at, but I mm -hmm. try every day. And, uh, you know, self-care is, is critical because you can't be productive if you're weak, right? You're strong physically, emotionally, mentally, so spiritually. True. Yeah. So you got dedicate time, dedicate serious time for all those things. Mm -hmm. And I do it beginning of the day, mostly and a little bit at the end. And but budget basically it's just a, it's just scheduling a point with yourself is the one thing for that Uber productivity is schedule time for things that you know you need, but you've been putting off. So then do you have any insights on the part where you look at your your schedule and you go, I really don't feel like doing that? Oh, every day. <laughs> yeah. I feel so weird as an entrepreneur, right? I used to like, ah, I don't take days off. And about a year ago, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling ragged. You know, there's extra wrinkles here. I don't know. <laughs> so I started taking the, you know, one day off a weekend. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, man, I think I'm going to take Saturdays off and start working. I like right away. I'm like, I'm sort of wiped out. So I took Saturdays off. Now I'm like, oh, I'm done at three o'clock on Friday. So yeah, like Friday. And I work like half a day on Sunday now versus I got a I get a whole weekend now. So mm -hmm. I sort of feel like an employee yeah. looking forward to the weekend. Thank goodness for Friday. You know, I'm like, I hate that mentality. But I'm not a fan of a guy whose initials are GV. Yeah. Who wants to just like grind it out, just work it out, just work hard, work hard, work hard. Yeah. You know, I get the message. Okay, work hard. All right. Right. <laughs> so you're saying anything work hard. else? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know that for me, when it comes to productivity, I'm not sure how productive I actually am. 
People look at me from the outside and say, wow, right? But good Lord, man, if I, especially if I hold myself up to the measuring stick of, uh, of GV, or at least what I think his, his yeah. measuring stick would be, I'm just like, oh, I suck. I absolutely suck. And then I, you know, some of my heroes, like, like Elon Musk works a hundred hours a week on a slow week, you know, and I'm just like, do I reconcile myself that I'll never have Tesla and SpaceX or, you know, like, like, um, yeah. Okay. But, um, I, I had, um, one VA for five years. Mm-hmm. Now I have a staff of 12. There you go. Let's so we have like, I don't know how many, I don't even know how many books. Yeah. I, think I got about 20 book projects in play right now. So every time you lift one lever, 12 levers are being lifted. Well, I, I have, I have one project manager who is worth her weight in gold. She runs the ship now. Yeah. So in terms of productivity, my my biggest advice, and I, when I first hired my second person, mm-hmm. I almost couldn't afford them. By the time I got to my third or fourth person, it was tight budget-wise. By the time I got to number six, six figures. This is important. What we're talking, what we're onto here is important. Push, push the envelope I, on your on your leverage. Yeah. yeah. My first, so I'm gonna I'm gonna line up right beside you on this one. I've only got a couple of people on my team. Mm-hmm. They're both aces Mm -hmm. they're they're effing superstars uh and this is after having a series of you know like in the very beginning i was like well let's collaborate let's you know let's team up i was sort of lucky because um frankly because i show up on camera well and so people thought i was much more successful than i was right (laughs) from jump street right (laughs) and people just just everything right Yeah. yeah 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 totally People yeah. would ascribe success to me. Uh-huh. And so I had like, you know, sort of um, like, like, like students of marketing, students of funnel building. Not, I was going to say fledgling, but let's be polite and say yeah. students come in, come out of the woodwork and say, hey, I'd like to team up with you. Yeah. You know, those things never worked in the beginning. And no. then I had a series of three or four uh, starting with really crappy to uh, VAs you know, <laughs> and assistants. Now I finally got one who is man, she is a, she's a grand slam at the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded. Nice. Nice. Plain and simple. And so maybe that's part of why people think I'm so (laughs) prolific, you know, it's because she's prolific, but this is so important. I, I hired my first assistant. I I think it was like, you know, I've got 800 bucks a month. Can you, can you work for that? And they were like, yes. And so I started looking a little more prolific right. and then they did, they weren't working out and then i uh i went with an agency from the philippines yeah. but you know for me the, the 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 voice of my voice is very important and they uh-huh. couldn't quite get it because of the sort of yeah the translation from the way that filipino people structure english mm-hmm. to english you know what i'm talking about sure yeah yeah little little things like in my copy that they wrote for me they'd put the word actually in too many times so i felt like i was at a call center you know that kind of thing. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Actually. Um, so I had to, you know, evolve out of that. But I would say that we've stumbled across what I would consider maybe the most important nugget for people watching or listening to this interview. Mm-hmm. Hire for assistance and VAs before you think you're ready. And 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know what they're know what you really need capabilities, and don't have one person try to do everything. Yeah, we, that's I, my. We spent. Oh my gosh, I have to check with I have to check with my project manager about this. But we spent right. <laughs> a solid three to four months yeah. outlining our SOPs on everyone's task. Yeah, and if you don't do that early on, you're gonna you it will you will make waste money. It'll be it'll be a bad bad situation. So, mm-hmm. getting things dialed in like a real company early. Is yeah. going to make you real company money much quicker. I mean, I struggled for years with one guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As soon as I started ramping up and and pushed my my envelope on what I was comfortable money wise. Yeah. It all sort of tipped over to like, whoa, yeah. we can do a lot more now. Yeah. I and the biggest thing, Manny, was that my my brain space freed up. Because that I'm is the biggest thing, Doug. Absolutely. Guy. Yeah. I, I was like procrastinating on things I shouldn't have, whereas Rika's like, boom, boom, she's ahead of the game. Yeah. Like you run it with a girl, just keep going. Yeah. I'm going to go get some more clients and service them. And you take all the back end operations and get it done. She's a thousand times better than me. Yeah. And yeah, getting good people on your team and, and ha- sometimes having them write their own SOPs up is really helpful because you'll find out things they're doing that you didn't know about. Yeah. They should be doing or maybe shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And, um, and no disrespect, but when the person writes up their own training manual, someday they're going to leave. Yeah. And the training manual, give it to somebody else. So I'll save yeah. you time later on. So a couple of things here uh, inspired by what you just said. First of all, if you don't know what SOPs are out there oh, in listener right. land, it's not quite time for you to hire someone. <laughs> oh, no. I had to learn that too. Standard operating procedures. Standard operating procedures. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, it's so important, right? One of the big things for me over the last year and a half is – I'm just kicking myself mentally in the ass going, think like a CEO, think like a CEO, think like a CEO. Every time a decision comes up, dude, think like a CEO, man, you know, and that means, that means who, not what, or not how. Yeah. Right. Right. Who, not how, um, for people listening, maybe this is something you're not familiar with at a certain point in the beginning, you do have to hustle. And you got to learn how to sell and you got to learn how to market. And, you know, what your gift to the world is 10 to 20 percent of your daily time. Yeah. 80 to 90 percent is marketing and selling that gift. Right. Right. But then as soon as possible, when it still feels a little scary, yeah. you should be looking for someone to start taking things over, taking things off your plate. What you said that was so profound to me was it freed up your 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 meant your brain. Yeah. Bandwidth is way more precious than hours in the day. Think think about that. I mean, yeah. we can always make more money, but we can't make more time ever. Right. Right. And our life experience and the the value I bring to my clients on a one to one basis. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's 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 it is 500 bucks an hour. You know. And yeah. You, the totally. minute you start selling your coaching by the hour or doing like stop that. Yeah. It's you're worth more than that because no. Yeah. I'm to to ramp up where I am right now. You mm-hmm. will spend 20 years. Yeah. All right, totally. you will. It's just like there's I have, you know, media background and ABC, CBS and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, done 229 number one bestsellers and I was on the internet when it first started, you know, right. I had a I had a search engine that was bigger than Google when we first came out. Right, believe it or not. You know, wow. we, I did a lot of things online, offline and that experience is it's valuable to my clients. I don't always see it. I'm like what did you say about me? Oh, Doug, thank you for a genius. Like, I'm not a genius. This is just standard stuff. Good right. For you, but not for me. You know, I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't come into this call knowing that we'd wind up here. And this is what I love about doing these like this. Uh, but I, we have to celebrate 420 today also. And, and maybe we already have. <laughs> no, no, I can't. No, I get a call after this. <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't for the last 25 years. I'm not legal in South Carolina anyway. So. Oh, are you in South Carolina? Yeah, Charleston, yeah. Wow, they're really moving slow out there. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, this is the rest of the U.S. calling. You know? <laughs> well, but there are some things there that aren't so good either. So we can have a political debate about the uh, <laughs> about legislation and and uh, business business environments. Yeah, yeah. But let's stick to uh, let's stick to what we're rocking out on sure, here. Right. <laughs> so the 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 piece about protecting your bandwidth if you want to yeah. build something bigger than mm -hmm. a one-man, one-woman shop, I think is just so important, right? And we hear it said a lot of different ways. Like if you're a $100 an hour person, why are you doing $10 an hour tasks yeah. and things like that? Um, what I want to just, you know, encourage people to really think about is the bandwidth. Because because a lot of times it, it isn't even the hours in our day. Mm -hmm. It's what can we hold on to? Yeah. yeah. And one, one of the biggest things for me has been maybe one or two big sort of visionary level ideas at a time. Yeah. Right. And that's where I want to live. But it took a long time to understand that. Mm -hmm. A long time of hustling and grinding and nickel and dime activities yeah. and all that stuff. Um, so I just love that you brought us there, man. And, and here's one more thing about that. Cause I remember hearing Laurel Langmire talk about this years ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, if I, you know, I've got, I, I hire someone to, you know, clean my house, cook my food, do all these right. things. Yeah. And she's a machine. So she probably is working, you know, 18 hours a day. I don't know. Yeah. But I treat it differently. I said, listen, I have this wonderful team doing all my backend operations for me. I'm in charge of, you know, two or three specific things. That doesn't mean I'm working 18 hours a day. Cause that's not healthy for me. Right. So yeah. I get a good, I get a good, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't track it really, you know, six, eight, sometimes 10 hours in, mm -hmm. but if I can budget a nap in, I'll put a nap in there in the afternoon Absolutely. for 40 minutes or so. What the Absolutely. heck? It's, it's good for your health. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So uber productive means being smart with your time, treating it like the absolute valuable piece of gold that it is Yeah. and leveraging as much as you can and organizing it in such a way that you you know, if you don't know the buckets, the rocks in a bucket jar, just go look it up. It's it's a valuable lesson. Yeah. Or yeah. Brian Tracy's other book I love, Eat That Frog, mm -hmm. which I've, I've read at least two or three times. But that's a really good uh, parable to listen. Do the hardest thing first. The hardest yeah. thing for me a year ago was getting up early and mm -hmm. working out. Now yeah. I, I look forward to it. And a few yeah. times where I'm not feeling it, I'm like, Jug, just get 20 minutes. The endorphins will kick in and you'll feel great in about yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. So uh, entrepreneurs that aren't, focusing on their health are not effective. They're not as effective as they could be. Well, you're, you're paying into an account that is going to shit on you later. Yes. It works both yeah. ways. Yeah. That's really what it is, is you're putting, you're deliberately, well, deliberate right. is questionable, but you're, you're putting energy into something that's yeah. only going to come back and kick you. Yeah. So lately summary, me, productivity summary, there we go is, uh, you know, focus on your health. You know, you got to have good yeah. energy. Yeah. And schedule your own time for personal things and then leverage early and often. There yeah. you go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. See how see how simple that is. See, I'm a writer. I try to I try to organize thoughts or my left right. brain. Like, here we go. What are, what are yeah. the three things I can do, Doug? Write them down here. <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. Um 
what if anything have we not covered that you'd like people to know man oh man there's a lot um Fake influence, I just it bugs the crap out of me, man. Tell me more. If you, if you, if you, if any of my people on my community, friends, uh, fans, clients, ever post anything that says I am a thought leader, I will, I will call you out, <laughs> as the dark knight that you are, a Sith Lord, because yeah. you don't control my damn thoughts, okay? Right. Leaders right. create other leaders. That's the one leadership skill that I try to embody. And I, when my, when my, my team has a problem, I say, figure it out and lead. That's, yeah. that's my message. They hear that all the time and anything like that. I don't know. Yeah. You figure it out, lead. Cause they're, yeah. you know, like I said, the Philippine cultures, like they want to just do what the boss says. I'm like, that's fine. But sometimes take a stab at something. Yeah. You know, my, my first guy, he was so shy to make a mistake. He, he disappeared on me after like three weeks. Yep. yep. It's gone. I'm like, what happened to him? What's going on? About three months later, he popped up in line again. I'm like, hey, what happened, man? Oh, I was so embarrassed that I, uh, I, I couldn't do this one task you wanted, so I, I just left. So like, I didn't know what to do. It. Yeah. If you got a problem, ask me. Yeah. So I took the time to learn his culture mm -hmm. and learned that saving face was more valuable than telling the truth. Yeah. Fact. And I said, I will learn your culture. You need to learn mine. Yeah. I told him about being honest and making mistakes and encouraging rapid mistakes because that's how we learn. Just get through them as fast as we can and, and then don't do it again, right? Right, right, yeah. I get from the tangent. But leadership, fake influencers or thought leaders, God, I just want to strangle them. I just, here's the, the bottom line is, there's a difference between arrogance and confidence, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah. Um, arrogance is telling the world how great you are. Mm -hmm. And confidence is having the world tell you how great you are. Yeah, perfect. So I, when you have other people, you know, endorsing you, talking about you, um, edifying you, yeah, yeah, you're a leader, okay. But if you got to say, here's my book launch today. Oh, I made this. I made. Look at me. I'm in. The, I'm in the newspaper today. Look at me. I made a magazine today. Right. Like, why don't you go? I'm sorry. I'm going to use the word mental masturbation again. I hope it's okay. But it's like perfectly just okay. Just stop. Yeah. So yeah. when my when my authors go to say, okay, we're gonna work on your book, but don't forget, we're gonna spend an equal or greater amount of time on your positioning, branding, and marketing. Yeah. And that means having other people talk about you on launch day. Go right ahead, announce your launch. After mm -hmm. that, we're gonna put you in the news. We're gonna put you in Reuters news, a bunch of uh, local digital ABC, CBS stations. We're gonna get you on some podcasts. We're going to get you in a local paper, do a book launch at your own bookstore. A lot of online, offline things to get other people talking about you. Yeah. And when you've got that dialed in on a consistent basis and you've got a message to convey that solves a problem, then you're going to win. But if you all you have is yourself and your your Facebook friends and your just stop it. Get, I was build, just build, talking. Build a network. I was just talking to Dennis Yu on Saturday, yeah. who I consider maybe one of the uh, – the best and most benevolent marketers uh, out there today. And yeah. he was saying the exact same thing. Yeah. He was saying the exact same thing. It, it's, it's infinitely more powerful to have other people speak your praises because it looks less disingenuous. Why else would, why else would colonial Penn hire Wilford Brimley to talk about insurance? Right. Right. Yeah. Celebrity <laughs> branding has been around forever. Forever. That's it's good. no different. It's the same celebrity branding, social proof endorsements, it's it's all the same thing. Get yeah. other people to talk about you. And 
the higher status they are, the better it is for you. That's why I focus a lot on PR. Yeah. When I was had my, I had a real estate company years ago where I, we trained people how to be real estate investors. And we were going to trade shows and do all, you know, spending like 10, 12 grand a month on marketing. And I was, I was making okay money, but I was kind of like, this is a lot of money to spend on marketing. Yeah. So every January 1st or January 2nd, we have a team meeting about the gung ho stuff for the coming year. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, guys, I'm so sick of this outbound marketing, cold calling people for investing in real estate courses. Can we just switch it all to inbound marketing? I'll give you 12 months. You, whatever you got to do, marketing team, you guys make it so people are calling us. Within yeah. six months, we had 100% outbound marketing to 100% inbound marketing. Never again do we have to cold call or do another flyer, anything. People came to us all through PR and media. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it feels weird at first because it's not easy to track. But I'll give you one quick story on if you want to hear it. We have oh, absolutely. No, I smiled because this is something that I'm very focused on lately. So please. Yeah. yeah. So I was, um, I had a real estate training company. I taught, I had 20 years as an investor. So I knew what I was doing, lease options, short sales, everything. And um, I, went, I said, okay, we're going to, I had a radio show. I got a radio show on ABC radio in Chicago and I hired a PR firm to help me build that. Cause a radio show on its own is not going to work. You got to have to promote it. Right. So I hired a PR firm, um, David Brim, Chicago, great guy. And he wasn't the most expensive PR firm, but he's a good guy. And it was not, most PR firms are on 10,000 a month or somewhere in that range, right? 10 to 20, depending on where you are. David was my, you know, deal at five grand. Yeah. Uh, we are a small company, only like six people, the company. So five grand was a lot to spend on, on, on PR. So 5,000 bucks, here you go. Make me famous. First month, nothing. Another five grand, make me famous. Nothing. Third month, David, come on, get going. About a week in a week in the third month, I got a call from the Seattle Times. Now we were a local real estate training company who had an actual physical location. We trained investors in Chicago. Like, yeah, David, I got a call from the Seattle Times. They're not. I can't even serve them. He says, just do the interview. It's good practice for you. Great. The interview lasted no less than I don't know two minutes, three minutes. It's a really short interview. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, real estate. Yeah, it's great. Invest in real estate. You know, I, I gave him some nuggets of wisdom. Sure. And this article came out in the newspaper, it's still newspaper time, right? Newspaper and online for um about the real estate industry. And I was quoted like in the second paragraph or so. Mm -hmm. Sale times get syndicated, folks. Syndication is powerful. Yeah. It went to Yahoo Finance and a bunch of other places. And I didn't have any contact information in this article, just my name. Yeah. And people took the time to look look me up based on my one paragraph. And call me. So I had spent $15,000 with David on my PR. Mm -hmm. And out of that one article, I saw, had six phone calls and five clients at $6,500 each. So made a little over 30 grand on that, that one campaign. I also got a, a regular column in the business ledger. And uh, I got one TV spot on, uh, Z, on I don't know, CBS in Chicago. And David said, I got you on TV. Oh, really? When? Well, Doug, just understand it's gonna be the um it's gonna be the slowest news day of the of the whole year. Like, I don't care, get me on TV. January 1st, 7 a.m. <laughs> now they don't keep these archives, but I got the clip somewhere where I was talking about real estate and like, well, 
this real estate uh, glut, this uh, dip is only in Florida and Vegas. It's not going to affect Chicago at all. So thankfully, it was the slowest news day of the year because I was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you got me on TV for, you know, three minutes, whatever it was. Well, I like what you said about how it's hard to track. It, it's easier but now, but it's, it was it's harder. easier now. But, but my point is that there's such people are leaving so much gold right at their feet because they're obsessed with direct metric trackable, you know, super, super granular ROI. Yes, that's, that's good. But it's good, but it ain't the whole picture. No. And this is this is what I find. Um, this is what I've been thinking about a lot lately. So can uh, I, can I give you, uh, okay, hold that thought. I want to give yeah. I want to give the audience something that they can do without yep. spending five thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. He's a free way to get in, in the news if you want to hear it. Yeah. All right. So let's say you're an author, or you want to be an author, and you want to get some marketing. You want to get you want to be in the news. You want to get PR, right? Do you know that there are still companies in this country that print newspapers? <laughs> local ones, like your local right. community newspaper, right? Right. And if you would go to your local book, you know, there's still, there's still local bookstores, privately owned bookstores. Yeah, there are. A right? few. <laughs> actually, it's a growing, it's a growing, um, it's a growing um, segment, actually. Oh, Strange wow. Segment. Fantastic. Yeah, that's weird, weird news. So if you have a book and you walk into your local bookshop, not Barnes and Noble, but the local one, say, hey, I'm a local author. I live in the neighborhood. I'd like to do a book signing here. What do you think? I'll I'll promote the book signing. I'll bring more customers in your store. I'll yeah. be here for a couple hours, sign books. Nobody buys one book. They go into a store. They're always going to buy more than one. So I'll help make you more money. Yeah. They always say yes. Always. So you get a book signing in your little community, no matter how big your store is, right? New York mm -hmm. City, go you know small. But Midwest or anywhere where you're in a local town, you'll get in. Then go to your local small little newspaper. Hi. I'm a local author doing a book signing at this store. Perhaps you'd like to cover it. Yeah. It's local business doing good. It's a book signing. You know, bring your reporter, your TV camera, your radio, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. They don't always say yes, but if they do, if you do a good job with your with your press kit, which I encourage you to create electronic press kit, you'll get local media attention. Now I've got some credentials. You've done a book signing, you've been in the newspaper, you might even be on their on their digital platform, on their website, yeah. all just by walking in and asking. And asking. Not send an email ever walk yeah. into the bookstore walk into the newspaper place there's an editor there trust me it's like there's 12 people at the company it's small yeah. you can do that <laughs> um then you might want to call them later but don't the email goes to spam mm -hmm. but here's the magic if you're a fan of ryan holiday which i highly recommend his book trust me i'm lying or the that last one i just ordered um the, the media is so easy to manipulate it's yeah. crazy no yeah. disrespect to my journalist friends but once you get in the local paper, if you've got something controversial or interesting to say, you can take that press release and send it to the next level, like a regional mm -hmm. or a state, something larger. Yep. And they don't always pick it up, but occasionally they do. And it just it cascades it's like a flywheel. It just keeps growing and growing mm -hmm. and growing. But if you don't think about taking over the world, take over your community. Right. You can do that on your own for free today and just Ooh. take that little that little nugget of of credibility and leverage it and just keep leveraging it. Right. And then if you get tired of that, you don't have time, then you hire a PR firm or someone to, you know, to do right. it for you. Yeah. That's, that that's beautiful, man. And again, I think it ties into the, uh, the potent, potent value of indirect ROI. Yeah. You know, I've taught, um, I've taught 
many people how to think about themselves more as a personal brand and less right. as yeah. a service provider, right? Mm -hmm. And so what does that mean? Well, it means you think about how you promote differently and you think about your end game differently. One of the simple things I teach people, I'll just give some value away too, so as not to be completely eclipsed by your uh, insight and generosity. <laughs> Take your content and cut it up into one minute pieces, your video content, boost it from your page. You can boost it for a dollar a day, do a seven day default. So now you're spending seven bucks over a week for each new piece of content. Yeah. And if you select pay for views in the, uh, in the, um, in the um, ads manager, you're going to wind up spending about 300 bucks a month for this mm -hmm. because you don't spend the whole seven bucks a day every day. Right. What are seven bucks a week, every week done daily. And what happens is by the end of the first month, you'll have about 40,000 people who've never seen you before. See you Wow, nice. by the end of the second month, it's more like a hundred thousand. By 90 days, it can be uh, the best we've seen is, is 250,000 people in 90 days Amazing. that you can then track because you did it from your page. Hello. You can send yeah. them new content. Yeah. Don't make offers. Don't make right. any offers. Right. Don't be yeah. Just be there showing yeah. your value, your expertise, and your personality. Mm -hmm. Before I, I call that, that's my tier one sort of digital personal branding. Yeah. Uh -huh. First level, before I even incorporated level two, my income almost <clears throat> quintupled. Yeah. It almost quintupled in one year yeah. just from the awareness. Wow. You're going to find people coming to you who you never heard of before ready to work with you. Mm. It's insane. This is just from a boosted post? This boosted? is just from boosted post daily. You're on my page now. Yeah. This is being shared to my profile. It's being shared to YouTube. It's being shared to my group. And then my assistant, who's a rock star, yeah. is going to put, I don't know, I don't even know anymore, like 10 to 20 bucks to boost yeah. this. And okay. within a few days, you're going to have a couple thousand views. Wow. Yeah. That's DougCrow.com, just in case. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that prior to this strategy, uh, which all credit to Dennis Yu, by the way, mm -hmm. world and Mark Lack, my, my mentors, um, I was obsessively focused on ROI. Yeah. What action creates what exact return on investment? Sure. Yeah. This is, this is when everybody zigs, you zag. That's what this is, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, I've got two clients, three now, but but two in particular who are on a clear COVID nineteen, notwithstanding, on a clear trajectory wow. for their first million dollar years nice. because of this personal branding stuff. Love it. So it's. This indirect ROI thing, I'm fascinated by it. It it, right? it it definitely it definitely works if you work it and um, understand that you know if you want to be big, you got to play like the big boys, you know. And that's sorry, yeah. it, takes, it takes money, but it takes thought. And and in terms of one more thing, I add a personal brand. I'll you wrap yeah. it up if you want, but it's not enough to give content. There's a difference between content creator and an influencer. Yeah. And I I'm a firm believer you got to not just stand for something, but you better stand against something too. Mm, yeah. So um, if you don't have a nemesis, you're just a happy-go-lucky, happy guy, and nobody really cares. So you want to have a good stance for something. And yeah. against, unfortunately, it's a little negative, but I'm, it's just the way we're, we're wired. So you can't change human nature. There's so some, there's yeah. some truth to that. And, yeah. and for a lot of people, you know, that's a whole sort of masterclass in itself yeah. because a lot of people don't want to be 
the Donald Trump of of sort of you, you can know stand against um you know uh sex trafficking. Okay, it's easy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Standing <laughs> against standing up against uh, fake gurus, or if totally. I stand up against the traditional publishers, totally. That, that's close, but it'd be better if I could make it even even narrower, right? I mean, like I was at a, a, a Blackhawks game, oh, like in Chicago, right? We have the White Sox and the Cubs, mm -hmm. and I got friends who are more Cub haters than White Sox lovers. They just they just yeah. they love to hate the other team, yeah. Right, so mm -hmm. it's not a personal attack on a human being, which is would be wrong, yeah. But you can you can you can definitely be against an idea, a brand, right, or even a position, right? Yeah. That's that's okay. Um, I wrote an article on why you want to piss off some of your customers. It really mm -hmm. can help you out. So, keep that in mind. so that is a perfect way to think about getting around the sort of the inherent uncomfortability, because a lot of us think we have to really kind of assassinate someone's character. No, no, don't and do that. It's not that, is it? No, it's, no. it's, a, it's an idea, a brand or a position. I think that's the best way to do it. I think that's attacking, great a, person, attacking a person is, is cheap. That's it, it's, it's ugly. It, yeah. it makes you look, it makes you look like a jerk. Yeah. And it makes you look like you're a small thinker, right? Yeah. It's much better to uh, to uh, raise a question about, and I, like Jordan Peterson's brilliant at this, raising uh, questions about about ideas and thoughts. Oh, that's high level stuff, right? Yeah. So that's way to go. So that's well done, man. Once again, uh, just at like at the very end, right before the buzzer, another nugget. Wow. Doug, I want to thank you, man. I knew this uh, was going to be pleasure. a good call. I didn't know how or why. Um, but I just, you know, you and I had chatted a couple times previous right, to this right. and I, I could tell you had a, um, a, a spark, you know, okay. for lack of a better way to put it, there was a right. spark. And, and usually when somebody, when I hear that, I go, okay, this is going to be a good one. Oh, thanks. So I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for your insight My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, and your generosity with not holding anything back, nah. for, but sort of a behind the scenes peek on what you do for a living. Right. Yeah. So, um, Thank you, my friend. My pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. All right. We are out. Thanks for tuning into this episode of The Manny Wolf Show. If you know someone that you'd love to have me interview, please go to my website at mannywolf.com. That's M-A-N-N-Y-W-O-L-F-E.com and submit them as a potential guest. We love to bring guests on that our audience wants to hear from. So please help us to find the best guests for you by going to mannywolf.com and submitting anyone that you have in mind to be a great guest, including yourself. And if you'd like to know more about me and what I do, please come over to Facebook and join my group, simply called the Manny Wolf Group. If you'd like to get more into my world where we have all kinds of tips, trainings, valuable stuff for you to help you get better at growing your brand and your audience, please come and join the Manny Wolf Group on Facebook. Until our next episode, I'll see you.